Hey, welcome to Lease FM. Uh, this week I'm joined by Stephen Galanis, co-founder and CEO of Cameo, a Chicago startup that has blown up. Um, that basically the whole principle behind it is, you know, there's YouTubers, there's TV stars, there's models and, and bands out there with their phones and their their social media presence. So why not harness that and, you know, give it to the people? So even more so, it's personalized. It's a personalized birthday message from Annie Milanakis or um, what's another good one, Stephen? Tori Spelling does a very good job, but my personal favorite right now is a guy by the name of C.T. Fletcher. He's like a yeah, this really inspirational power lifter, and oh, he cusses you out. I've seen that. Um, okay, who is the... Okay, I don't know. You're probably pretty good with your YouTubers. The YouTuber named Lucas something. Yep. He did. You saw the video that yep. he did about Cameo. Yeah. And so that was hilarious. It was crazy. Explain, to what ha- what, explain what Cameo is, and yeah, just tell me a little bit. Sure. So Cameo is a platform Elevator where... Elevator pitch. I know you know how to do this. <laughs> Cameo is a platform where people could book personalized video shout-outs from their favorite people. Um, when we originally started, we had this idea that selfies were the new autograph. So like when I was a kid, I'd go to a Cubs game and you know, you'd try to get Sammy Sosa or Mark Grace to sign something in the players' lot after the game. But you'd end up with like Benny Agbayani or Rod Beck or Glenn Allen Hill. And what when they gave you that autograph, you became a bigger fan of them for life. Right. And one of the things that's going on in the world right now is uh, no matter who you are, everybody wants to be an influencer. Uh, athletes, you know, they're, they're just as interested as seeing how many likes they get on their Instagram post is, is how many touchdowns they had or how many yards they rushed for, how many goals they scored. Wow. And really? You think that that is I mean, they're obsessed. Where we are. It's, it's uh, it, just as much as like you or I or anybody like loves posting on Instagram, getting it's that, that feedback. It's that dopamine rush, isn't it? Totally. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the things that we had this idea about was Today, there's more famous people than ever because of so many various mediums. There were things like um, Vine was one that like really made a lot of like random people go viral. That kind of went away. YouTube, something where like people like uh, Justin Bieber just kind of come out of nowhere. They get discovered and yeah. then they can blow up. Right. There's a girl locally, Nikki Heaton, who I remember when I was running my blog for Chicago Now. Uh, she used to sit you know, just in her bedroom and, and make these videos where she would cover rap songs. And she went viral for doing a cover of a Chief Keith, uh, Keith song. <laughs> Classic, and, uh, as you should. Yeah. What, like acoustic stripped yeah, down. Acoust- like, acoustic like version of yeah. Love Sosa. And it's this, oh you, know, like, you know, pretty blonde girl. And now she's got 2.8 million followers and she was one of the headliners, Lollapalooza. So, wow, she know, does originals to us. Totally. Now she does originals <laughs> and it's evolved. But, but like, hey, it's a way to start. Totally. But technology's just given uh, people this way to just kind of spread uh, their message, their word. And one of the things that we've learned is is there's not that many really good ways for people to monetize their social that are brand positive. So, you know, you all follow, um, you know, different influencers or different celebrities. Mm-hmm. And so much of the time you see them pimping out some protein shake or, right. or some Love know, product. Love this new eyeliner. Totally, yeah. some product. Um, hashtag ad. <laughs> hashtag ad. Or yeah. when they don't hashtag ad, like, they can get in a lot of trouble too. Yeah. So one of the things really? we, we had Why this, would they get in trouble for that? 
Oh, did you hear that? Uh, that f- there was that f- fire festival that happened in the mm-hmm. Bahamas earlier this yes. year, where all those celebrities went. So there's like wait, a, wait, they all went and then and then so it they was were a pr- terrible. Yeah, but they were promoting it ahead of time. Okay. And uh, and one of the things that was just kind of interesting is a lot of those people never put that they were getting paid to like promote this festival. So now in the aftermath of it, there's a lot of like lawsuits, and some of these stars are are on the hook. Um, but we had this idea that like. You know, the Justin Bieber's of the world, the LeBron James's of the world, you know, the Kardashians, like they have a million ways to monetize their social. Like some of them can turn down, you know, upwards of half a million dollars for a in- single Instagram post. That said, there's over 200,000 people today with over 100,000 followers on Instagram. And most of those people are, you know, while they have this huge following, like they can't monetize it in the same way. So we had this idea, um, you know, to, to really create a platform where people could get the word out about themselves, they could interact with their fans in this really personalized way. And uh, the reception, like if you ever go on our website and take a look at some of these reaction videos, yeah. like it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the best gift that anybody could ever get. Explain what a reaction video is just because my mom's listening. Hi, mom. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so, you know, imagine... Uh, Lisa's favorite person is Andy Milanakis, and uh, it, it's her birthday coming up, and you, you get, and you get him to give her a shout-out. Like, what you'd want to do, Mom, is record her while she's watching it, because most of our uh, cameos are actually booked as gifts. So, like, 96% of them are actually booked you know, not that's for so the sweet, individual fans. It's a surprise fan. then. It's a surprise. And I love um it. and that's why like when you go on our platform, you know, the first thing you'll see is like who's the cameo for? And then you'll ask the message that you want to say it. You mm-hmm. put your email in, we send you the video, and then you can share it any way you want. Wow. You know, to uh to the person. Text message, tweet at them, yeah. put on Instagram, anything like that. That is so cool. Um and I I mean it's just it's a great concept. You know, I found out about Cameo through my boyfriend, um, who's really active in, in like He's a big YouTube, you know, channel follower and stuff. He he runs a record label um, himself, but he uh, he recommended to me. He was like, I know Cameo's like based out of Chicago, um, and I was like, Oh, okay, what's that? You know, what's that? Because I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm I'm putting my toe into it, but I'm really radio, you know, like really podcasty. Sure. Um, so, and then once I kind of started looking into it, it's just, it's a really cool concept because you're you're tapping into the population of of people who are like micro celebrities who want to make money so they can continue their lifestyle and support themselves they put a lot of money a lot of time into their their content but then like what is the monetary you know reward there duh you're exactly right brand positive that is such a cool term that i bet like who else can even say that they are brand positive what yeah The other other thing that's really cool about it is that constantly these celebrities are asked to post stuff on their own social media platforms. We never ask them to ever post any of the videos on. So, like, they can do 10,000 of these things and there's no diminishing return. Um, I always like to talk, like, if Justin Bieber came up and took a selfie with you, like, you'd freak out. You'd put it on Instagram. Like, all your friends would freak out. And nobody else cares. And and nobody else cares. (laughs) But, like, the the truth is it doesn't matter that there's a million other people that have taken a selfie with Bieber. Yours is special. So it's, like, the same concept with our videos. You're right. It is. It's the, what was your, selfies are the new signature. I love that. That is is that your like slogan yeah, what's your slogan well we always talk about creating moments that inspire um cool. and the founding story is like actually really really interesting um uh my grandmother passed away last october and mm-hmm. at her funeral my uh, now co-founder and longtime business partner martin flew you're in. that new of a company sorry what yeah yeah we've only been around uh since last october 
that's when we like started and then i i started working full-time on this right at january 5th so that's kind of like a crazy story it's been it's been really quick but um so martin flew in from la just for the day for my grandmother's funeral and he was telling me about this problem he was having as a new NFL agent who was repping a lot of like mid-tier NFL talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of his guys, Cassius Marsh, is you know was on the Seahawks at the time. He's on the 49ers now, and he's a good player, but he's not you know like not Russell Wilson, not Michael Bennett. He's not like the superstar of the team. He's just like an average Seahawk. Mm-hmm. That said, anytime Martin and him would be out restaurants in Seattle, fans would come up. They'd want to interact, but like sometimes you know he's trying to eat with his agent or he's. He's not really trying to interact at that second. Right. Um, so as he was kind of telling me about what was happening, people were constantly DMing Martin as his agent, trying to get him to, like, give a shout out or, like, show up at their kid's birthday party or anything like that. And we kind of had this idea of, like, it's kid's re- birthday party. Sorry. Just, well, no, totally. Just but, it, but it's but really, yeah. I mean, it's really hard. Like, if you try, if you wanted to get um, in contact with, like, any random Blackhawk player, like, you know, say it's your bro- it's your boyfriend's birthday coming up and like he loves like i don't know like tommy wingles like ri- any random blackhawk like you have no idea how to get in touch with them like you could probably figure it out because you work at wgn and right. so, you no, know somebody average, that knows somebody you, but yeah. like the average person sitting at the uc right now has no chance their to best be chance is like anything. stalk the you or, know, the or en- running, exits of or the... totally running into somebody like yeah, random right, right? And, and we were but what are the to, odds what are the odds exactly um and then when you do see somebody, like, if Patrick Kane was sitting, like, across the table from us right now, we'd be like, oh, my God, it's Patrick Kane. But, like, 99% of people are not going to go up. Right. So we really wanted to, like, create this marketplace where we took that, like, pressure off. We got rid of the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And our original idea was to kind of have this marketplace where, you know, for X amount of money, you could do Y activity with Z person. So that would have been anything from there's a price that Michael Jordan would play basketball with us. There's a price that Mike Ditko would go smoke cigars. There's a price we could go golfing with John Daly. There's all these different things. But uh, Martin showed me this video that like really changed my life. So um, his good buddy is number three in the world at Nike's marketing department. And his name is Brandon. (laughs) Uh, wow, that's, Brandon had that's just <laughs> Brandon had just had his first son, but he's a diehard Seattle Seahawks fan. Uh-huh. This guy had worked with Michael Jordan, worked with LeBron, worked with Tiger Woods, like biggest athletes in the world. And when he was um, right when, right after the son, uh, Martin sent this video that Cash recorded. It was a 10 second video, and imagine you know the Seattle Seahawks player driving in his car, no shirt on, all tatted up. You know, holding his phone like a selfie saying, hey, Brandon, it's Cassius Marsh from the Seahawks. Heard about your son, Maverick. I want to congratulate you. If he gets your athletic ability, I know he'll be playing for the Seahawks one day. Go Hawks. Stop. I just got like goosebumps and a story crack. And this guy. (laughs) That's so sweet. And it was super cool. But the thing that was really interesting was this guy, like when he got it, he's like, this is the best gift I've ever got. He put it on Instagram. He started tweeting it out. And it made us think if if the guy watched it 300 times. Totally. And if the guy that's like, you know, number three in the world at Nike's marketing department is freaking out about, you know, some like, like not random Seahawk, but like not a star, you know, like the 11th best like Seattle Seahawk player at the time, like then how much would like any random fan like just lose it? And then the really cool thing is like anytime I've ever showed that video to somebody, like like they get goosebumps that's that feeling people just love this like one-to-one nature of these cameos and that's getting really interesting because now um when the content does get disseminated through the through the recipients network versus through the talents like direct page 
like all of their friends and family and like in their network, these things like do go mini viral every time. And they probably all follow that that celebrity back, even if they didn't know who it was. Well, They're like, well, every, this person like kind of knows my friend Josh now, you know. Totally. <laughs> and every single time a talent does a cameo, they're making at least two people happy, right? The person that it was booked for yeah. and the person that paid for it. By, yeah. And then the second that that person shows, like, you know, this is, this is now like the ultimate. You literally have fans paying to promote you know, the the brand of that celebrity or, or uh, talent. And it's not asking a lot. It's not asking John Daly to go golfing. It's asking whoever, Andy Milanakis, to, like, l- recline on his lazy boy and, like, hold up his phone and say. It's totally. And that's, and that's huge for us. Like, there's two things that are really key about it. There's no, like, it's asynchronous, right? So, like, we don't have to be in the right place, right time. Yeah. Talent has seven days to turn the videos around. Which... And you don't have to, like, your people that work for you really is the talent. I mean, you have your team, but like these are like what what would you call them contractors or whatever in in modern business day or yeah, I mean it's it's almost like a it's almost like an Uber type model. Yeah, right? that's crazy. But but then but these people are all they all want this. They wanted this without even knowing that they needed it. And the thing we hear all the time is like I've been doing this, you know, I get requested for things like this all the time or I've been doing these for free forever. So like we wanted to make an experience for the talent that was so fun that they would do it for free but they get paid yeah and then the other thing too is like some of our um some of our people actually do it for charity as well so like oh that's sweet one of our investors is on the new york knicks and he's a good buddy of mine from uh, college and uh he's on the board of this thing called new heights nyc and he's like starts for the knicks he's a local kid so like what's his name lance thomas okay and uh they they were here last night actually oh did you see him I didn't see him last night. I didn't make the game. But, yeah, um, but that's it, cool. But yeah, anyways, like, so Lance is, uh, every time he does a shout out, this is like how he's raising money for his foundation now. Like, it's so much cooler than just signing a jersey and we can do all yeah. types of things. Like, put the watermark of the charity on there right. to like spread that. But it's that good for him well. too because as, as an athlete, he's ha- he's practicing. I'm sure he's like a great personal, personable guy, but I'm sure not all athlete, athletes know how to like present themselves in like a, a social way. On a, on a screen so it's probably really helpful especially for new athletes like just even that aspect of it they don't have youtube channels and totally. shit right totally yeah and the other that's thing cool that, the other dude thing this is so cool the other thing that's really interesting is my uh my cto and co-founder Devin actually was like a minor vine star and he <laughs> lives with somebody named cody co who's yes. another one of our buddies what? so cody my boyfriend talks about cody co all the time so they're friends <laughs> so yeah so, so Devin, you know cody co. Devin and cody are like a they're like a duo but like they were both in my fraternity in college and uh, oh my god what and, an epic fraternity and, it was. And cody um what so you give it a shout out what what fraternity was it Delta Sig at Delta Sig at So anyways, uh, it's such a small world. But like as Devin was building this thing, like as we were trying to build the new autograph for athletes, we were only doing athletes first. And, oh, okay. and Devin's like, dude, I think Cody would kill it on this because his fans like DM him all the time for stuff. So when we sold our very first cameos, what we ended up doing was like opening up Devin and Cody's DMs that they've gotten over the years, which they get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of DMs that they've never opened. I'm sure. So what they would do is like say, hey, like for a dollar, like Cody will give you a shout out, check this out. And then, you know, that started happening. Cody gave a plug to it on his YouTube channel. And like, that was the first time we like <clears throat> absolutely blew up. And then what we really, another thing that's interesting is the economics of how an influencer makes money. Uh, it's it's really sporadically really, it's really crazy so yeah. like um if you're somebody like cody you might make between 150 and like 450 dollars per hundred thousand views on youtube 
150 right? to 400 dollars per 100,000 views on YouTube. Yeah. But he gets a ton. Well, people have a you know a bunch, but like let's but say. But wait, how many subscribers does Cody Co have? I think he's probably got like half a million. Okay. If not a little more. Yeah. So like let's and he's say, in LA, right? Yeah, he's in LA. That's they I live in Venice. Cool. Um, but you know he might make you know 300 a thousand dollars on like on an average video, and it could take up to 18 hours to film, cut, edit, like all that stuff, and the content's really long. Cody gave us like a 45 second shout out in the middle of one of his videos. Like this must have been in April. And he ended up making 2,200 bucks for under 60 minutes of total work, you know, of like recording. So suddenly like- And that's mindless stuff yeah, for him. I mean, I mean like, it's like- he's so, he's so good at it, right? Because, right, because it's just like off the cuff. And the thing that's fun is like- That's so fun. Not only did, not only did the fans like love it, but like the talent loves it too because it, it helps them become more creative. Like especially like for Cody's super fans, there's people that are like, hey Cody, remember that Vine skit you did like three years ago? Like, Can you personalize could, it for Could me? you personalize that? Or like, remember that YouTube video you did two weeks? Like what if you merge those two concepts together? So like the fans are actually helping the creators become more creative. And I feel like- how long are the videos typically? Or is it like a yeah, however the, long? Like the videos can be anywhere from, you know, 15 seconds. And now like some of these guys, like C.T. Fletcher will do them for like two to three minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> He's the bodybuilder. Yeah, I've it, seen him all over your guys' like Instagram and stuff. He looks hilarious. Yeah. And one of the things that's cool, he was actually just on the Joe Rogan podcast and he gave that's us a shout out. That's what I watched. Out. I yeah. just like that on your Instagram. Yeah. Actually. He just gave us a shout out yeah. um, on there. And like, like he absolutely like loves it. You know, he, this guy, he's got a really crazy story. Um, he actually needs a heart transplant. So like part of why he's doing this is to like connect with his fans, you know, like and, and also make money for, you know, his own like health condition. So, like, what a cool way to, like, knock it that's out. Crazy. And, like, he's just obsessed with the platform. Yeah. That's awesome. And his videos are amazing. Like, he's probably my favorite on there right now. And it's a flat rate for each of the yeah. people. So, every talent sets their own price. Um, and Fair. Right, and then... And right now, they're ranging from, you know, $5 all the way to 200 Is and, that Andy Milanakis? Uh, no. We got this guy, Guava Juice, who's, like, this YouTuber with, like, 15 million followers. Oh, he's wow. huge. Yeah, that's and, great. And he's 200 bucks. Um but most of our videos are like $25. So it's it's really, it's actually super affordable when And it's people, so unique. It's so unique. And this, okay, the crazy thing that I love about this, and we will get into the influences. Yep. That's like a theme of this show is I say like, prepare your influences to my guests. And then it's like 30 minutes later, it's like, oh, wait, uh, what was? <laughs> but um, the cool thing about this company, Stephen, is it's so millennial. And I say that in a good way. Like, that's a good thing. Because guess what? That's the freaking time that we're living in is the millennial like we are taking over, like we are literally being handed the torch. We're kind of grabbing the torch out of the, you know, the generation Xers. But it's it's so exciting and refreshing to me. To, but to see a, a, a company run by somebody who's like basically my age, um, but then it's like this is a positive company. Like this, you're you're purely you saw like. A th you saw an issue, a problem, but it wasn't like a bad, sad problem. It was like a good problem. And you and you saw a way that you could fix it, but like, there's nothing like that's ever gonna really be bad about it. Uh, I mean, it's is it a fun company to work with? I work mean, for? Look, yeah, obviously. Like, yeah, I think we've tried to make it as fun as possible. Right, right. Um, but for you, are you having fun? Are I mean, you it's it's so my crazy. It's my dream or? job. Like, yeah, it's it's actually pretty crazy. Like, I couldn't. There's not another thing in the world that uh, I'd rather be doing right now. Like, I, I, yeah. I look around, like, everywhere, and, like, I wouldn't trade places with anybody. Like, I, lo I like, absolutely love what my team's, like, working yeah. on. And 
um, and the team we're building like around, you know, our, our from our founders on down, like just so much talent, like so much passion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they, my team works so hard. There was, I don't know if you saw on my social media today, but, um, there was a girl, like a college girl that, um, and because as you mentioned, like it's very millennial company, we had this girl that was in college that, you know, drunk bought a cameo and like maxed her, maxed out her credit card. And she, she wrote into us, she's like, oh my God, like, uh, I, I really need to cancel. Like I made this bad decision. I don't have money to eat food. So my team, like we were kind of like, like joking about it. So yeah. what we ended up doing was we canceled her order, like bought her another one and then sent her a care package of ramen and a bunch of cameo t-shirts. Oh my God. And then she tweeted it back to us and is like, oh my God. I love so it. Much. I always got goosebumps. You know what that reminds me of? And and I think you'll like this comparison um, is four years ago, I was here as an intern five years ago. Here's an intern and, um, and in came this guy named Max who was from this weird game card game cards against humanity that nobody had heard of except me because yep. i played with my brother and his college friends and i'm like freaking out i'm like oh yeah so i went to my computer i was like because it was my show that he was booked on and i printed out went to the one of the print and plays this is before they were like anywhere near where they are print and play like the you know with the squares that you cut out and i went and i i said hey max like after his interview i was like that was so cool I, 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 can you can you sign this for me? And he was like, so he signed his favorite square, which was Oprah crying into a lean cuisine. <laughs> and and then it's like, um, I gave it to my brother. But funny, the signature thing. But um, since then, and, and, and then he's like, oh my God, you've played? And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. We love this game. It's so good. It's going to be so big. And he's like, that's so cool. You know, you should email me and, and I'll send you a couple, I'll send you some stuff. And I was like, okay. And so I did a couple weeks later. And he was like, yeah, awesome. I was looking for your email. Okay, something's in the mail. They gave me three games, you know, three boxes of the game. They gave me three sets of each of the three expansion packs at that point. A really exclusive, like, expansion pack of my of my own that nobody else has. And then, like, stickers. And it was, like, so simple, so cheap for them instant fan for life and you know what every year i buy whatever the fuck they're doing for the black friday like i am devoted to them and and then now they're like blowing up and actually funny that i i'm telling you the story is (laughs) my brother bought me the the current dude do you follow along yeah Yeah. so they're (laughs) there's like they're doing this like uh cards against humanity save america thing and um so i'm do i'm getting those every day in the mail and they're really cool so shout out cards against humanity and max Tumpkin. i still have your email address and i want to get you on the show but it reminds me of that and that's what i love about these companies about about you and about cards is like there's no it's like you're you're people you're normal people and you don't have like an upper like or like a cold shoulder toward people that support you it's like it's like the i don't know it's cool it's really cool I mean, at the end of the day, like, there's nothing more important than, like, making, you know, we have a two-sided marketplace, right? Yeah. Where, obviously, on one hand, we need to bring the talent, and then on the other hand, we need to, like, keep our customers happy and yeah. give them, like, the greatest thing ever. And what gets us out of bed every morning is, like, reading these, like, customer reviews that you have. Like, you'll see people saying things like, literally, this is, like, the greatest money I've ever, you know, spent. Probably the most rewarding moment to me was I was at River North Fest this summer, and I was eating uh, with my co-founder out at Erie Cafe. It was, like, a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Eight o'clock at night, this, like, random number from Kansas City calls my phone. I pick up. She's like, hey, is this book cameo? I'm like, yeah, this is Steven. I'm, she's like, I'm like, CEO. She's like, oh my God, I got to tell you, like, I just booked this guy, Kevin, on stage for my daughter. She's like, I'm 65 years old, and this is the best purchase I've ever made of anything in my entire life. How did she get your number? 
on Instagram, it's still if you say call me, like it, oh it actually God, goes to my cell phone. So like crazy. we're you know we're yeah, still like still a st- tiny little startup. company, little startup. And uh, when I heard that, I thought that was pretty cool because I was trying to think like how many businesses in the world have ever had one company say that. And for them, like this woman to like take the time to track my number down and call me and like just say like this is the greatest thing I've ever bought. Um, it, it's really powerful. I love and I love that she's sixty five and she's calling you. That I think makes it like a sweeter. B the older generation gets it because like they get they're on Facebook, like they're on all of the platforms, and it's like so I, I call your company millennial because it's it's such a millennial concept, but really, you know, the, it's something everybody's always wanted it's something that like if it was around in the 60s you know my dad would have paid to get whoever to shout him out you know it's it's the evolution of it right like and the cool thing is as we really scale this thing um you know we're we're getting like anybody from like legends you know like there's there's real housewives on there we want to build a marketplace where like you know, you can go find that Real Housewife or that Bravo star that your mom loves. Like, right. Your mom can find that YouTuber that, like, her son's obsessed with. And then you've got that, like, retired baseball player that, you know, like, is out there for, um, you know, for dad. And I think a lot about last year when Ernie Banks died. He ended up dying penniless. I think he had $17 in his bank Stop. account when he died. I and, met him. And and he's, also, like, the all-time legend, right? Oh, My yeah. dad loved Ernie Banks, like, so much. That was, like, his absolute he was favorite. I so well, a lot of these guys are, right? Because back in their day, they didn't make that much money compared yeah. to how much they make today. So he's a legend. Like, he never, you know, he never, like, wanted Everybody for anything. Everybody knows who he is. Everyone <laughs> knows who he is. He was a god in this town. But, like, why shouldn't Ernie Banks have been broke? Like, it just never should have happened. And then you think about, like, someone like Ron Sano and why Ron was, like, so beloved in this city. It's because he had the outlet. He was on the WGN radio every mm-hmm. single day with you know, with like people from around the country and, yep. and they became, they fell in love with Ron. He had the, the that platform, that podium and like we're giving it back to those people. But also like it's an extension of things that they've been doing for years. Yeah. The, like a guy like, uh, I went down to spring training this year and, you know, we saw like Randy Huntley and Fergie Jenkins and <laughs> Billy Williams and I have like cameos that they did, right? Oh, um, that's so sweet. Like it wasn't, it was just like just test for, it out, yeah, try this right. out. And the thing that's funny is like, yeah, those guys have been signing autographs for 60 years. Like, probably 30 years ago, they were leaving voicemails, and, like, that was the thing to do. Like, wow. it's, it's an evolution. But um, I think what's really cool is, like, the ubiquity of, like, the, the selfie now. Like, yeah. every single person in the world now, like, knows how to take a picture on their phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what's crazy. Like, if this company, we could have had the same idea four or five years ago before Snapchat, before Instagram. Like, right. I'd never taken a, a selfie, much less, like, my dad or yeah. something like that. But now like anybody is like comfortable with this technology and when you actually open the creator creator app and see how easy it is what happens is they get a request on their phone and it's kind of an interface like a bumble or a tinder so they can Cute. swipe right to uh-huh. accept swipe left if they don't want to do wow when they swipe right to accept it looks like snapchat except there's actually words like a teleprompter right on top and we don't want them to be like uh we don't want them reading off a card no. we want it to be authentic and right. personalized so but like but at least the name the names there the, so you know, the little details are there and then they can put their own spin on it i love it okay cool 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 this is great and it literally has been 30 minutes <laughs> and usually i'm really good at being like okay so getting right into it you know but not today my friend because this is such a cool I'm just really honored that you you said yes to coming on here um well thank you for having me yeah this is actually the out. first uh any type of media we've done like we've tried to stay like very under the radar and, oh my god and uh, I'm honored. like never done anything wow. other than we were on the stage of technology that's it yeah 
cool. Well, yeah, I, and hopefully Scott's listening. I'm sure he is. I will make sure he is. Um, but you should, you'll definitely, uh, you know, if you're looking to be on more things, I can help you with that. Um, on the record. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's let's do the influences thing. Sure. Um, I, first, I want to know, when you were 10, what did you want to do when you grew up? When I was 10, I wanted to be the Blackhawks goalie. Oh, my God. That's why I keep looking at the Blackhawks uh, game, which is on. <laughs> Eddie, right Bel- Eddie Belfour was, like, my absolute hero. I mm-hmm, played goalie, mm-hmm. um, you know, through college. And, like, there was just no chance in the world that I was going to do anything but, you know, be Blackhawks goalie as a kid. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool because, like, now a couple guys that I played with have, like, been on the team or, like, you know, made the NHL and stuff. Tommy Wingles is a guy that, you know, I grew up playing with scotty darling's a guy that you know i played like right around scotty. the same time with oh my god that's so cute and uh <laughs> you know it's it's just so cool like seeing those guys like actually make it uh, there was a guy billy sweat that was actually the best player that we ever played growing up and he was on the hawks for a few years too and you know it's so rewarding kind of like seeing those guys and like knowing that man we weren't that different or like that right. it wasn't that that gap wasn't there but then yeah you know, they keep playing mm-hmm. and it's like wow see but it's cool because i love that because i have really successful friends too i mean and i know that they're going to continue to be and it's like having people like that in your life that are maybe just a step or two ahead of you in whatever their field is like one of my best friends fran Toronto, he is um he's like a gay icon in new york right now <laughs> like it's funny because it's like I don't have much in common with what he does but like the way he he brands himself he has a a, a podcast um called food for thought t-h-o-t that hoe over there it's hilarious um and he like edits a, a gay man magazine called hello mister and it's really great it's not not for me necessarily but I still take it all in he's written for teen vogue he's written for you know he's killing it he was my prom date because he was still in the closet and I was uh, you know his cute like little you know sophomore friend that his parents were like oh my god you know um but what i'm saying is it's cool to hear that from you and then see that you are you're maybe a rookie right now if we're talking in sports terms but like you're on the team you know like you're doing it and and it, it's like maybe the athlete thing didn't work out for you but hey it's still incorporated in what you're doing but it it is way. funny too because I think also anyone and your that job like, is more sustainable than like you know really <laughs> trying to go for well a one thing, thing. I, I mean one thing that's crazy and it was another reason that we started doing this was like you know Martin as a as an NFL agent knows that a uh, pro athlete makes ninety percent of their money before they're twenty eight years old for their entire life well so yeah. like you have this period Damn. where you're relevant um, there was a documentary that ESPN did a couple of years ago called Broke it was one of the thirty for thirties it was awesome. And the average career in the NFL is two and a half years. And I think it's like 51%. NFL or NHL? NFL. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Two and a half years. No, it doesn't make sense. Is the, is the average career. That's why career. there's so many retired football players on Dancing with the Stars. Totally. <laughs> that look young. Totally. And, yeah. and then a lot of these guys, like they're, you know, when, um, like one of the guys that's uh, like I've actually gotten close with over the last year was, or last couple of years is Desmond Clark. Desmond Clark was like a really good tight end for mm-hmm, the Bears mm-hmm. for a while. And then um, I was working at LinkedIn before I started at Cameo. And I remember when I first met Des and like he was making the transition from being a, from being an NFL player, like an all pro caliber tight end to like coming to be a financial advisor. And he's got a big network as you could imagine. But like when he played in the NFL for like 
13 years, all of a sudden, you know, the guys that are the same age as him that are financial advisors, they've been doing that for 15 years and he's, you know, a year or two. So he's almost like a rookie again in life having to start over. You don't really think about that. Now, there's some jobs that you can like, transfer skills yeah like transferable skills yeah Yeah. like being in broadcasting right if you know the game you know the game but like most of those people are not going to be like behind a mic they're Mm going to be out in the world like making money some other way and i know i'm i'm a weird i'm like such an enigma in my friend group in that i'm the only person that really goes into like or went into what what i majored in but even even that this is like you know this is my side hustle like i have other stuff um but it is it's crazy i think i read a statistic that like most people in their lives change career paths five times. But I think it's now that it's probably going up that it's, it's crazy. So but, that, that yeah. actually gets me to like kind of the next one of the, yes. the influences. influences. Good. Okay, mentors. good. Ready, so, set. Here we go. Influences. Uh, we have like. So that job change thing is super interesting. Yeah. So when I started at LinkedIn. Um, oh, was, okay. That's so where I was, you I was So right after college, I, I was a history major and then I ended up uh, trading for three years at the Board of Trade. And then after, how did you go from history to? That's just what I did. Yeah. Okay. You know, like history major, you just you just kind of like again, unless you're gonna be a teacher. <laughs> you graduate and then you say, okay, wait, now what? <laughs> yeah, liberal arts school, so like right. you didn't even have like finance or business. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's just kind of you went into whatever you wanted to go into. Right. Assuming you got <clears> into jobs, and uh, when I graduated 2010, it was like a really shitty job market. Mm-hmm. I went to Duke, and like out of my 40 best friends, I think maybe two or three had jobs like coming back. Dude. So we came back That's to Chicago, insane. a family friend like offered me the opportunity to clerk on the floor of the, of the Board of Trade, fell in love with it, did that for a few years, uh, left trading, ended up working for LinkedIn on a team that like dealt with financial institutions. So it was, it was pretty cool because it allowed me to like stay like one foot in finance, but mm-hmm. like on the other hand, like start learning the, about tech. Yeah. And one thing that was really crazy when I was a trader, I remember walking into the SIBO for the first time and it looked like a dinosaur graveyard. You know, there's all these like empty pits and, and yeah. right now the SIBO is like the center of the world because the Bitcoin futures just started trading there today. Right. But if you ever take a tour of the floor, it's like eerie. Because there's like there nobody used to be, there? There used to be 40,000 pit traders in Chicago. Now there's under like a thousand. What? Yeah. Like you have That's to go if you've so never sad. seen it. But yeah, one, no. But one thing that was so it's cool, just like huge, but like yeah, stark. Like it's right? still huge, but like you, like literally, you see these pits where there used to be. What's a so pit? A pit is like um like a little a, hub the, of the where trading pit. So okay. like it might be the size of this room, but uh-huh. like there might be sixty people all in, and that's how the markets. In the are. movies, that's what. It's it's real life. Like that's yeah. what I did. Um, so but, I was actually but, like oh, in the wow. pit. But one thing that's really interesting is when I started at LinkedIn, my very first day there, uh, this guy Mike Amson, who's you know, the, he runs every, like, basically non-engineer at LinkedIn. They will all report up to him. Cool. And Gamson's Classic. based in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, and the first thing he says, he goes, welcome to LinkedIn. Two years from today, none of you will have the job that we just hired you for. We know that. We support that. We have the profile data to prove that. And LinkedIn of all places. LinkedIn of all places. They right? should be. That's funny. So that blew my That's mind. Great. You know, I'm sitting around like. And you're 25 at this point? At that point, yeah, I'm like 26, probably 26, 26, okay. 26, 27. And I'm listening to this guy saying, like, hey, welcome. But like, so then what he said was. But don't and, get too comfortable. And this I'll never forget. He said, you know, what we want, what we are going to ask of you is like three things. Number one, you figure out what your dream job is and like figure out what skills you need and we'll help you get those skills. Number two, be the best version of yourself while you're here. And then number three, and most importantly, when you're ready to leave, recruit someone better, help bring someone in that's better than you to take the job that you're leaving. So that was a really interesting concept for me. 
and uh and then like right before so as i mentioned we were working on cameo like october i was kind of doing both for a little bit and like to be completely honest like i was so obsessed with this the second i the second martin showed me that video like literally the next day i flew to la like we we like hashed it, like this vision out at soho house like in in west hollywood like like I couldn't stop. Which will be really about good it. for your movie, right? In, in <laughs> I, ten years, when they I make mean, a movie about it, it was crazy. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it, and then like Martin would just like call me up in the middle of the day, and I'd like miss customer calls because like I just like literally couldn't stop thinking about this idea. And LinkedIn gives us this like this break between Christmas and New Year's every year. Like it's like a two week winter break, and I went to Nicaragua with a couple of the guys I worked with. One of them's named Will Hearn. And Will and I were like sitting in a hot tub and he goes, Steven, if somebody else thinks of this idea and pulls it off while you're still working like somewhere, like how mad would you be? And I hadn't had anybody think of that. Cause and it, you like threw your beer glass or your <laughs> glass of Because at the time, like literally I'm, all of the guys were like, hey, I'll help with marketing. Like we were all going to work at LinkedIn and, you know, t- try to be- build a billion dollar company like while getting nice salaries yeah. and everything like right. that. Like, yeah, but yeah, right. <laughs> then it was just like, at that moment, I, I'm just like, we got to take the plunge and like go for it. Um, I got, so I, I ended up like, you know, writing my like next play letter as they call it at LinkedIn. And I told that story to Mike Ampson that Mike Ampson said, and I put it on a blog post. It's still on my LinkedIn profile. And then the crazy thing was like three months later, uh, Mike Ampson ended up checking in and today he's my lead investor. Oh my God. I mean, like, it's crazy. And he was the guy that he was the guy that gave that the speech, and and I I wrote this blog <laughs> post about bumps, dude. That's insane. I, I wrote this blog post all about like how at least in my case like his you know his speech ten, was a hundred percent true. It was literally my two year anniversary that I like went to go do this full time. What? That's so crazy. But but then it's not crazy because it's like it's perfect. <laughs> That's just like what I love about about your presence right now is that I can just see it in your eyes like and I can hear it in your voice like this fire the fact that like and this is why I love doing this podcast because it it, as me I'm a creative but I'm such a hesitant creative a lot of times and like everybody is but like for me I get to talk to all these people who just inspire me and like what you're saying right now and I've only had like a couple other founders on um, but none with this much like I I love them but like you guys are I I know that you guys are going to be the next huge thing and it's so cool that I get to like be your first media thing. A um, <laughs> pat on the back, but um, but B, it's just like really, it's really exciting for me to for me to be talking to you. So um, great. So then we, I think backstory is huge, and that can count for influence number one, definitely. Let's go through some names, um, some specific, you know, movies or or whatever. I, I always like to talk. You know, I talk to mostly like artists, musicians and stuff. And so they're always like, it's literal. It's like Beatles. Yeah, we love, you know, John Lennon. And, and that's why we write our songs like this. But f- who's your John Lennon? No, I'm kidding. Um, What else? Let's talk about like your teenage years or, or starting college. Like, was there ever like a, a celebrity or a business person or a business that you looked up to or wanted to work for? Or was it were you more of like a, I don't know. <laughs> so when I got to uh, Duke, my basically like my big brother, this guy, Zach Moritas, who's now the CEO of a really successful company called Teamwork. Uh, Zach, I went and visited him. Like we, we grew up, we're both Greek. We're from the same neighborhood. He was at Duke, but he was three years older than me. And, you know, we'd, we'd known each other our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And um, I had like ended up hurting my 
Like I was, I was actually supposed to play football at Tulane um, for college, and wow. then Hurricane Katrina happened. So like yes, literally, they like they basically kind of let everybody off, and oh. and uh, you know it was the was first that time. Early? When was that? Two thousand. That was it was yeah it was the it was right it was when by they were drafting two thousand nine fall of two thousand nine. And um, and when Katrina happened, it kind of gave me this unique like idea to to start looking at colleges for the first time as a student. Mm-hmm. Like my whole life, I was always like, yeah, I'm gonna play sports, like whatever. But I also had like pretty good grades and like yeah. decent test scores and stuff. And so. you didn't hate the schoolwork. And I didn't hate the schoolwork. Like I was a pretty good student. And when I when I went and checked out um, Duke, like I just knew in my like heart of hearts, like I was gonna go there. That's like, awesome. I just got on that campus. I knew. And yeah. then Zach. And I started a business in college. Um, so one of the things that Zach had been doing was he started like throwing all these parties in college and like kind of privatizing it. And there was a lot of interesting. <laughs> okay, stuff. wait, are we talking privatizing? Like, there's a guy at the door who demands five dollars. Yeah, you that was unless us. you're a girl. That, <laughs> okay, that was us. <laughs> you, so, you said it in a really nice way. So we, so we <laughs> so we started this company called Spartan Entertainment, and what we did was <laughs> yeah, uh, of course you did. we realized there was a a, a a need in the market for Wednesday night beer pong. Um, so one of the things that was going on, technical term, technical technical term, term. one of the things that was going on was, uh, every single Wednesday, like if you were a freshman, you'd end up at one of the fraternity houses playing beer pong. Now the problem was like, if you were in this fraternity, you weren't going to go there, but like the freshmen were all, you were freshmen, so you could go anywhere you wanted to go. So like, so you don't, you didn't rush till you were sophomore. So the way that Duke works is that. Because I'm uh, from U of I, you know, it's all. So you guys rush right away, but at Duke, we rushed second semester. Okay, that's nice. So you have one semester and you live on a freshman campus with all the other freshmen. You get to know them. But then once like, once the fraternity thing starts, then like, you know, you get separated. Yeah. There were 60 other like older guys that are deciding like how your friend group should be, you know, continue or not. So one of the things that we did was we had this idea of like creating these like unaffiliated parties. So we were throwing our own parties that it didn't matter if you were a Delta Sig or a Sig Nu or an ATO. Like right. I was throwing the party and Zach was throwing the yeah, party like and people, people just come to our parties. It's, it's not exclusive. And what we started doing was we were throwing these parties on Wednesday night. Zach was an athlete and Duke had a 48 hour drinking rule where athletes couldn't drink 48 hours before their games. Oh my God. So <laughs> for the athletes, like Wednesday night was like their Friday. Yeah, this is making sense. This is it was their up. Friday. And we, uh, we struck a deal with... Uh, the sparse shooters, which was like, it was like, it's the biggest part. Like the cams. It's the cams. Yeah. Actually, my uncle Leo used to own cams like oh forever. God. Funny, That's like you have a tangent, oh but my God. like the cams, right? But yeah. it's the biggest bar on campus and they weren't never open Wednesdays. So we had this idea. Weird. We'll, we'll turn the lights on. We'll, uh, we'll put some beer pong tables out. We'll do $3 pitchers and we'll see what happens. The first time we did it, four people showed up. Four? Four people. And like everyone had a great time. Yeah. And then the second. So that was how much, how much did you make? Like $12? Yeah. Well, we were charging $3 cover. So literally $4 <laughs> uh, or $12 we made. And then but the thing that happened was like everyone that went had a good time and then they brought more people. So like the next week there were like 15, 16 people there. Mm-hmm. And then by three, four weeks later, we were having like 75, 100. And then all of a sudden, we were getting three, 400 people what? out every single Wednesday. And so then day, you were making, and you were splitting that money with a bar? Or? No, just me and Zach were getting 100% of the cover. Because um, your uncle owned it? No. No. No, this no was, your uncle owned camps. He owned camps, yeah. But so we started this business. And then what happened was Facebook was brand new at the time. Like it was just college only. So what we did was we started in, inviting like the entire like Duke community to be part of this group. And at its peak, we had 
two-thirds of the entire university population in in our Facebook group. And we started, Zach and I started running all types of businesses from that. So we had a storage business. We had a hot dog stand. Like... (laughs) And we knew you're we, like this is cool, but it was the power of Facebook. <laughs> yes, and, and the but, thing but, was, but early on, for you to for you to hop on that, then in 2000, whatever that was, that's almost it, 10 years ago now. So you've yeah, been this, doing it that was for 2006. that long. It's more than 10 years ago that you've been using Facebook in your business, which is cool. Yeah, and and rare. Well, and and that was really interesting because that was the time where you would make a a group like an invite to an event and people would actually RSVP yeah. and then they go. Yeah, like now where it's like where I now, have like thirty and I'm like, oh, no. and it's totally changed. <laughs> like, was I invited to that? And uh, <laughs> and then what happened was like those parties were so popular because like everybody could go and it wasn't like exclusive. It was just like a great thing for the Duke community that that bar ended up giving us their Saturday nights too. So then all of a sudden we now have Wednesday and Saturdays at the biggest bar and we would smash like the attendance records. Like there was this one period where like we were getting like 23, 2,500 people in like every single Saturday. How many people went to Duke? It's only (laughs) 6,000. So like I'm talking like literally we'd have like a third of the school. And is it only 21 plus or is it It, The bars are 18 plus in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So, but the thing that was cool was then once we were doing the Wednesday nights and the incumbent nights that were big Mm -hmm. were like, were uh were Tuesday nights at this other bar. So then the Tuesday night bar like hired us to like come and oh my do God. that. And then by the end of it, four years later, we were throwing over seventeen events a week. Four four years later. Yeah. So you started that your freshman year? My freshman year. Oh my God, because for a second I thought you said you started your sophomore year and I was like no. you super senior, but no, you no. still graduated on time. I would have graduated early if I if I wanted to, but <laughs> I was making so much money in college that I like literally I'd never left. I would stay in the summers and everything was great. So you you made money? Like, do you think you paid for a, a decent amount of your school with that? I didn't pay for my school, but I paid for, I didn't want for anything in college. We'll put it that way. But my dad was- You were uh, like, you were like big man school. on top. Oh, well. hey dad. Thanks, dad. Right? Thanks, Shout dad. Out. <laughs> and you know what? He still is bailing me out of things all the time today. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's, he's the best. Well, shout out. Um, cool. So let's, let's pivot. Uh, I love that. So that was called Spartan Entertainment. Yeah. And, and I was Zach's an investor in my company too. And he's the one from Teamwork? Yeah, Teamwork's is his company. Wow. Um, and where are they, are they located? They're, they're out of uh, Durham, North Carolina. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what's their... So they basically created, um, think of like Microsoft Outlook, like at the very beginning for like athletes, like in college sports programs. So back when Zach was, you know, like in 2008 when he's playing football at Duke, if the coach wanted to like move practice up 30 minutes, like they used to have phone trees, like one guy would call the next yes. guy and the next guy. Oh but my what, God. What that's so up, funny. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. So Zach, like the very first thing was a schedule where like the, the athletic trainers, the position coaches, the, you know, tutors, everybody could see somebody's schedule. Yeah. And then if they moved an event, everyone would get a text message notification and email saying right. it changed. So he started using and technology. And app. And now this thing like manages everything from their game film to their weightlifting logs. Like it's it's incredible, and I think he's used by like over a hundred Division One football teams now. There's a there's that many Division One football teams. And then there's like a hundred twenty one ish in the states. In the U.S., yeah. <laughs> well, shows what I know. Um, that's crazy. That's so cool. What you guys? That was a good group in uh, Delta Sig. Was it Delta Sig? Zach was a DTD, but uh, oh. we still love him anyways. Still starts with a D. Still Delta. Delta Tau Delta. Is that Delts? That's Delts, yeah. Yeah. I, I knew the Delts at U of I. So I wasn't in a sorority at U of I. I was um, I was MC of Frattle of the Bands, hosted by WPG 1071 hey, you know <laughs> at what? CAMS. And I'm sure some of those people now would be great on Cameo. 
I bet. So you gotta you gotta open the Rolodex oh after gosh. this. I should. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, so let's see what else. Um, number three. So business advice or mantras. Yes, um, I like that. So my uncle um, is... Uncle Cam? No, this is Uncle George. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's out in oh, LA. Oh, wow. He's, his name o- is George and you're Greek? No way. <laughs> George Furla. Uh, George <laughs> is actually like a, like a movie producer randomly. Cool. And um, he's done like a bunch of cool movies like Lone Survivor, Rambo, like where like some of his like bigger ones. And he's in LA? He's in LA. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to write that name down. What was it again? <laughs> George Furla. Okay. So George has like this really cool piece of advice that he gave me like a long time ago and it's always like helped lead my decision making mm-hmm. in business and it's better to have part of something than all and nothing. Better to have part of something than all of nothing. I love it. Okay, part of something. Okay, yeah. And it's something Tell that... Tell me what that means. Well, so many you. times, like, you know, you end up in a partnership. And, you know, I remember, like, a good example is, like, when me and Zach had our partnership in college. And mm-hmm. the strength of our partnership was, like, being able to keep that marriage, like, like that business relationship, like, really is like a marriage. And there's certain times, like, when I was a freshman and Zach was a, a senior, like, he didn't need to cut me in 50-50. And he was like, a senior? I didn't realize that. Yeah, he, so, That's so, so cute. he was he was a senior when I was a freshman. Yeah. But then like after about a year, like I was like doing like the lion's share of the business. But like because Zach kind of cut me in, like, yeah, we could have got in a fight and I could have been like, you know, screw you, Zach, like we're gonna <laughs> renegotiate our deal. But right. like we just had a great partnership and we always, you know, made money together. And uh it's something, you know, even now, like Martin, who's like my longtime business uh, partner, we've had a bunch of like ventures in the sports and in the uh, film industry like prior to doing cameo like what um we used to like we produced a television show that was actually on wgn which was called safe it's probably the worst television show that was ever made in the history of television <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, no it actually was the worst what was uh, it was it like a, a sketch show or no so uh, oh no it was something it, it was, in sports. it was made by the co-founder the uh, the founder of baywatch this guy greg bonin he was the producer of it oh my and God. we like raise money here locally and like got people in on that deal. So you're producing it? Or? So yeah, like Martin and I like produced this this show that was on WGN. It For was how long was 52 it? Fifty two weeks it was on. Holy crap, and dude. It was, uh, what was it called? It was called Safe. S A F three. And they were trying <laughs> to make like a new Baywatch. But it was like it was literally the worst show and of it all was time. local and it was based here. We filmed it Did in South film Africa and uh, in Cape Town and then it was internationally Cape dis- Town internationally um distributed but like it was on wgn america on like what? sundays at two or something like that R- a.m no, okay. <laughs> P- okay, okay. but kind of prime time for i sunday. wish it was 2 a.m because oh then God. nobody would have ever watched it it was That's terrible cool though dude i didn't know that that was when did you have time for that when did you live in South Africa? So I didn't have to go. Who are like, you? How did you do all this? I didn't have to go. Like, we just raised money. Okay. And part of it, when I was trading, like, a bunch of the guys in the pit, they my, like, Lone Survivor and, like, a bunch of these mm-hmm. movies were coming out, and they knew my uncle was in that industry. Yeah. And then they were asking me, like, why the hell are you, like, sitting in the pit? Like, why aren't you, like, in L.A., like, you know, making, things, making movies? And like, doing cool My uncle, things, yeah. like, was, like, he was a trader, like, also growing up, and, and he really, like, believed you never wanted like me or my cousins like get into the film industry. He just thinks it's like a bad industry. Um, and it's obviously, a hard like, industry. it's a hard industry, but, but so like, is startups. But he also didn't want like us to be out there like playing producer. You yeah. know, he wanted us to be like grounded and humble. But like when we ended up 
when I had guys that were that were like clamoring to like invest in you know movies and stuff, I put together a little fund. Martin yeah. and I ended up partnering with cool. each other, and we did really well with a bunch of things. When I got to LinkedIn, I didn't have time to do it anymore, yeah. and Martin ended up like becoming a sports agent. So like our partnership got put on hold, and then you know he randomly decides to fly in for the day for my grandmother's funeral. We strike up a conversation, and today we're building this company together. That's so cool. And and therefore, part of something is better than all of nothing. Yep. Because you, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's so cool. And like the partner thing is something that, you know, I've thought about. I don't even know what I'm very I'm very early in my whatever my siege <laughs> um, to like I started this podcast in May um, and it's not a business yet. But I see it in future as being like not just a podcast, but like, a you know, you know how things brands are are building from one thing and, and you know, being many things. So I don't know who, who would be my partner, it, but it's cool for you to tell me that it's a, just such an important thing. I mean, in the business realm, too, because you each probably bring a completely different skill set. So there's three of you. There's three co-founders, yeah. Martin, Stephen. Devin. Devin. Yeah. Devin's out east? Devin's in Venice Beach. Oh, west. And yeah. then so Martin's they're, So in. they're both in L.A. Oh, they're both in and L.A. Then, um, and then I'm, you know, I'm here. Uh, company's headquartered here. And then... Uh, why here? Why here? So, number one, like, 1871. I don't know if you've ever yep, been there. Yep. But, like... I've met Howard. Got to give a plug to That's that. That's Howard, right? Yeah. Okay, Howard so Tolman. We'll, we'll call it number four. Yeah. Okay. So... Number one, like 1871, five years ago, like I know JB and a bunch of the the guys that kind of started uh, came together. Yeah. Their whole idea was like, how do we keep the Midwest graduates more engineers than anywhere in the world? Like, why should they have to move to like, right. you know, California yep. or mm-hmm. like to to get a job? And um, they really set out to build like the greatest place in the world for an entrepreneur to start a company. Today, it's, I think it's the largest incubator in the world. There's over 500 startups in 1871. What? I got there February 1. It was the very first decision that like we kind of made as a business that even though they were out there, I'm like, you guys can like you know, work on the tech and Martin, you can work on you know getting people on the platform. But like, I want to learn how to build a business. I got to 1871 within the first week I was there like I had five or six conversations that like totally changed like my perspective on a lot of things prevented us from making bad decisions that like we'd be kicking ourselves for today but uh, also like really gave us an idea of like how to focus and like the real rules of building a startup like it's crazy because when you're starting a company like you can read a book, but like at the end of the day, it's so much better to have like mentors and people that have been there, done that, and a community of other people. And, exactly. And um, especially these days. And, and like for, for at least for me, it was like the most. It was the like people can look back at something and be like, oh yeah, it's so easy that this would have happened. But like there were so many things that had to go right at the very beginning for us. And like for me, 1871 was like a big, big part of that. Yeah. And as we've got funding and as we grew, like. You know, I made the decision like not to move my team out of 1871. We now have an office, you know, on the uh, on the 13th floor there. Where is that located? The south? In the Merchandise Mart. In the Merch Mart. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So we're on the 13th there. floor of the Merchandise Sweet. Mart. Um, we've stayed, which is like, amazing. Which is amazing. <laughs> we've stayed within the community, and then all the a lot of the venture capital firms are actually there. So like once we got our office like all set up, like. This guy Just Jackson Jin. <laughs> this guy Jackson Jin, who's like now like a really good friend of mine, uh, ended up like knocking on the window and being like, "Hey, what's going on on here?" Didn't know at the time he was part of Chicago Ventures, and under a week later, those guys like wrote us a check. 
because they so just they're like, fine. so they're investors. so now they're investors as well and like it's literally that proximity of putting like mentors founders and like investors like in the same all space. in the same physical space That's amazing and I, I can't speak for everybody but like at least in our case like it made all the difference in yeah. the world and then also why Chicago as I mentioned um, you know Mike Amson our like lead investor mm-hmm. like he's here and like a lot of the people that have invested in our company like most of them are Chicago based and they've been so gracious and there's there's such like a desire in this town to like build that next great tech company and make this like it's a prideful town in a good way totally and because, uh, because we have to be because we aren't talked about you know I listened to this uh, this really interesting episode that's always stuck with me of um Freakonomics and and the whole premise was why don't people talk about Chicago like they talk about LA or New York or Boston even or Austin or Nashville like why not Chicago it's so true because I tell people I'm from Chicago who are other Americans and they're like oh okay or I tell foreigners and they're like bang bang pizza you know this city is I mean it's my home so I'm biased and you too and my home but you know more than that, it's like it's an important historical city, and it's right in the middle, kind of. Chicagoans also east, just <laughs> like supporting like Chicago things, yes, right? Exactly, and because we have a, a a similar identity of being like part of the city that people don't really, people elsewhere don't really get sometimes, or or they just don't think about it. I mean, and and there's really like no reason why you couldn't build like a great company here. I mean, there's there's other people that have done it. Like you have so many like Fortune 500 companies here. But in the startup world, um, you know, there's like the engineering talents here, the sales talents here. Like, I don't care. Like, I was at LinkedIn and like our whole, we had 600 salespeople like in Chicago. Yeah. Like, it's just a great town for that. Um, a lot of the things that like, you need to scale the business, rent is like so mm. much cheaper here. Yeah. Uh, one of our buddies has a, a similar size office in San Francisco and it's like 70 grand compared to like, you know, what I'm paying. Per which what? Is, per month? Yeah, for his like office. And it's about the same size as mine, which is, you know, like, in like on like five you know fifty five hundred, so like when you think <laughs> about that salaries yeah salaries here are like so much lower right so you can take the same amount of money yeah. and like just it can go way farther that's so cool and um, yeah that's why I like the Chicago startups like the the ROI on you know the the ability for Chicago founders to like return like investors money it's been really good here. That said, like I think this town's like just still like clamoring for that like consumer facing startup. That's mm-hmm. and Groupon was that obviously like yeah. they were kind of the first. But did they leave? No, they're still, oh, here. They're still here. But but you yeah, know, like, <laughs> but, but, but that company that can like set like the city on fire. You yeah. know, like from a tech perspective. Yeah, like, oh, so and so's from there. And there's a lot of like talk about hey, can we get Amazon here? Like things like that, but. Like this town is just like it's just like dying for that you know that great tech that great yeah. consumer tech company. To and it's come like, out why do we have to get someone to come here? Why can't we just make it? Right. And that's what 1871's doing. Right. And 1871's there. And listen, my two co-founders live in LA. Like we're in the talent business. You would think that like LA makes so much sense. But I, I literally asked you that either earlier in this conversation or like like an hour ago when I picked you up from the lobby. Yeah. Like why aren't you in LA? Yeah. But now I know why, and it's I it, get it. And the truth is like. In LA or in New York, there's so or in SF, there's so many competing factions of like the most the people that can really get things done in those cities. Like they might have another investment in something similar. Like Mm -hmm. we've been so fortunate with like our investors that you know all the people that like can really make a difference in our business. Like we're all pulling on the same rope, Mm -hmm. and and it's it's such a powerful thing. And it's been like our it's been our ace up our sleeve. I love that, all pulling on the same rope. 
Okay, cool. Um, so we have time for one one more tiny little shout out or influence, um, and then I mean, we have to sadly wrap this up. But I feel like I'm so glad we met, and I feel like we'll work together in future or something. Oh, this is great. Thank yeah, you for having me. Yeah, for real. Me. Thanks for being here. What What do you want to leave us with? And it doesn't have to be a person. It could be a an idea or a or just like another like a dream or I don't know. Yeah, I think the um, the thing that my team's like really really excited about is just like all of the trends that are kind of like going on in the space and like where our business is aligned with them like you know i don't care who you are whether you're wgen radio or tribune broadcasting like everyone wants like video content like that's like video is the king like for engagement i know and i'm, uh, I'm, I'm starting to tap into that i should have videoed this but well and the thing that's cool yeah. is like every one of our cameos is the commercial for the next one. So we were able to like get this thing pretty far without spending a dollar in marketing. You know, we, we literally like our talent will like come on the platform. They'll promote it. They'll like say that they're on it. We don't Mm -hmm, ask mm -hmm. the talent to promote cameo. We ask the talent to promote themselves being on cameo, takes them right to their page. And in our market, like supply begets demand. Now, the thing that's really, really interesting is, is you think about like, Every single day, because of the other mediums that are out there, like Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Snapchat, like YouTube, there's literally more famous people being made every day. Mm-hmm. And today, what we're doing is we're recruiting like famous people so they can bring their fans to buy cameos. But in the future, we want Cameo to be a platform where like you or I or anybody like with, you know, like that spark that's like really great to be able to like kind of blow up and go viral. Yeah, it's so, like it's the. I see that. I get that. That's so cool because I'm I'm really good at talking to people and stuff. I could build my reputation. You know, like in Her, the movie. Have you seen the movie Her? Yep. Um, the 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 greeting card thing that he does. Yeah, yeah. That's his job. Yep. I'm always like, God, I'd be so good at that. If that was an actual job, which a it's really sad that that's like a company in, in that world, but like I'd be so good at that because I'm really personable. <laughs> great at writing cards, but that's kind of like so. Yeah, and, and yeah. there's this. Like, I'll always leave with this. So, like, we have a really good buddy named Isaac Mizrahi. And Isaac is, like, the funniest person that we know on Snapchat. Yeah. So, when I was at LinkedIn, Isaac used to do these, like, motivation Mondays. And, like, every Monday, all of my coworkers would, like, huddle around, like, wait for me to open up the Isaac Snapchat. Right. So, like, what if we could get guys like Isaac and, like, literally start making more famous people, right? Like, not just, like, having to recruit the talent that's there. But But give, like... Give talent like that medium that can shine. That's not like I think. Um, I think Vine was like a really good thing for that for a long time, and then Vine's gone away. So there's R. there's R. this like yeah. there's this void I think in the market, and you know hopefully we can you know fill it in 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 some way. But it's crazy because it's like it's so personalized what you do. That's the biggest thing. I mean, it's people want to hear their name being said. Yeah, um, because that's the a, sound that people love the most. I remember watching this one video from uh, Vicki Gunlifson. She's one of the Real Housewives. And she was giving, she was basically congratulating this woman on like beating cancer, right? Stop, and it was the, mo- so it was the most heartfelt message yeah. I've ever heard. But she didn't say her name. So the review was like, this could have been generic. This could have been for anyone. And the content was like incredible. Oh no. But like it really reiterated that like it's it's hearing your name, it's the personalization. Like yeah. that's always the key. Right. And as we start thinking about like kind of like our product roadmap and the things that we can we 
build, like we always got to remember that like personalization and like that's what you're founded on. That's that's what we're founded. That's on. your that's your like that's our mortar. Excalibur. That's the mortar to yeah, the bricks. Totally, you, or, totally. No, yeah, is that what you put in between bricks? It to is. Because yeah. there's pestle and mortar, or there's bricks. Okay, whatever. Um, oh, brick and mortar. That's what they call it, like a. Okay, storefront. Hi, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> a little tangent. Um, but yeah, cool. I love it. Okay, so book cameo. Dot com. Bookcameo.com. Cameo is the name of the game. And uh, I guess the last the thing the I'll company. plug, we actually put Santa Claus on Cameo. So yes, that I was like that. our, that's like something we're going to be kind of. Um, oh, God, that'll know, explode. Getting out there in the next like week or two. So, you know, if you and haven't. You could get a bunch of different. Yeah. And if you guys haven't tried us out, uh, you know, definitely give us a shot. Bookcameo.com. Uh, we're at Bookcameo on all the social feeds. And mm-hmm. uh, definitely like love hearing from you guys. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here, Stephen. Um, again, bookcameo.com. Get Santa Claus to give a very special uh, present to your kid that you don't have to wrap. <laughs> Thank you again for being here, Stephen. This is Lease FM. <laughs>